Recorded live. Praise the Lord and good evening to everybody. Praise the Lord. Do we have a positive change? Do we have any, someone else is on the call also? God bless you, whoever you are. Praise the Lord. This is Sister and Brother Malone. Praise hey, God bless you. How are you all? Oh, we're blessed. We're blessed to be on the line tonight. And and your first and your first statement is true too. You are blessed. Excuse me. I said your first statement is true. Also, you are blessed. Yes. 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 Amen. God bless you all uh, that are coming on the uh, call. Um, uh, we have somebody from Northwest Indiana. I'm not sure who you are. Amen. God bless you. Who Who is that? Good blessed evening. This is Georgette. Well, God bless you, woman. God, how are you? I'm I'm blessed and highly favored. Thank you so much for asking. A- amen. Amen. We are just waiting waiting here a few moments for uh, some others to uh, get on the call, and of course, um, our speaker um, tonight. We uh, appreciate everybody coming on, and uh, uh, we thank God, Amen, for His um, faithfulness to us, and how He has allowed us to continue on into this uh, new year with a lot of uh, expectation from Him, and uh, we're looking to Him for all things. Amen. Uh, we thank God, Amen, for you all. Um, I'm just going to ask uh, if you, if I can just kind of go in here uh, right now. Uh, Sister Malone, if you're there on the call, can you just open up with prayer, please? Yes. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for blessing us, waking us up this morning, keeping us protected as we went through the day. And, Lord, we ask you to bless this conference, whatever your will is, whatever the message is that you have for us today. Please let it go out where we can understand it and we'll be able to apply it to our life. And we thank you for everyone that's on the call and we praise you for the ones that's coming to the call. And we just bless you, Lord, for just being who you are in our life. Amen. 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 Again, we thank God, Amen, for uh, you all. And um, allow me, uh, as others are coming on, allow me to just give you a little back, quick background. The same with the Apostles Roundtable. At the end of 2012, I had a dream, and uh, this man appeared to me in the dream and and, uh, shared with me, said to me that he wanted me to um, begin, uh, don't remember the exact words, but begin a teleconference call to leadership, uh, to speak to leaders. And uh, that was uh, December 30th or 31st of uh, 2012, and then by August of uh, 2012, I began um, uh, this uh, ministry, the talk shoe, and uh, God has been faithful uh, to us, and there's a variety of things that we discuss here. Uh, There are times there's prayer, there's prophecy, um, but certainly, amen, we want to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is always saying amen to um, uh, to the body of Christ, to the church. And um, I, I thank God, amen, for every one of you that's on the call. Some of you are new. Uh, again, uh, this is uh, Apostle Griffin here in Cleveland, Ohio. 
And uh, I believe our um, speaker is on the call, uh, Baron Lacey. Are you there, woman of God? Yes, sir. If you could just give me just a minute. Sure can. We, sh- we sure can. We thank sure you. Can. I thank God, amen, for um, having the opportunity to be on Apostle King's uh, call Tuesday night. I believe she's on the call. Are you there, woman of God? God bless you, Dr. Griffin. Amen, amen. Um, I, I count that as a privilege, and uh, I'm just trying to help some people get on the call myself. Amen. And, uh, and um, there we go. So... Um, we are here, amen, on the fourth day of January in 2018. A lot of people have uh, a lot of uh, expectations and things they are looking for uh, uh, to the Lord. As I shared the other night, I'm just going to speak here very uh, briefly before um, our speaker comes on. Uh, the other night, I shared about um, Abram uh, coming out of Or of the Chaldees and how he was supposed to leave. Amen. He was supposed to be obedient and do all the things that God told him to do, leave his father's house. And uh, he finally, amen, he left and people uh, were attached to him. Finally, they uh, were separated from him and then God was able to speak to him. I began to say, amen, how God is looking for the church, his body, to embrace, amen, the full gospel, the gospel of the kingdom, not just preaching about people getting saved, which is which is primary and, and extremely important. But uh, we want, amen, to embrace the whole gospel, amen, the totality of the uh, scripture, the whole counsel of God. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I just maybe about 15 or 20 minutes ago wrote something on Facebook about people uh, living, you know, tending to live above their means and staying in debt, and uh, 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 we want to we want to eliminate debt, amen, this year. Uh, this, that, that should be a primary goal for anybody that's in, um, uh, in debt and in the Lord. Uh, God gets no glory from uh, his people, amen, struggling financially and whatever, and he has uh, prescribed a... Uh, a way to uh, get out, and that should be a goal for us. That that is a bo- that's bondage. That's extreme bondage upon him in our lives. So we thank the Lord, Amen, for Varen Lacey. Uh, are you there, Woman God? Now, okay. I think we just I think we just lost her. She just um, uh, she's going to come back on. We want to ask that you would. Uh, um, um, uh, pray for us. Uh, uh, I was just speaking to Apostle Nelson, who I think was on is on the call right now. We're going to be uh, traveling to uh, Toronto, Ontario tomorrow, but not in the storm, just in the cold, uh, to uh, be with um, a man and woman of God and the loss of the uh, leader there. So we're soliciting we're soliciting your your prayers if you uh, keep us uh, before uh, the Lord. Uh, so um, at this time, 
I'm going to turn this into uh, the woman of God, uh, Baron Lacey, and she shares with us uh, what uh, the Lord has given to her for this new year. And then things after uh, after she's done, we want to hear what the Lord is speaking to you as far as feedback, comments, any questions. You know, this call is for the edification of uh, leadership, iron sharpening iron. So God bless you, uh, Sister Lacey. Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise it's the Lord. Good to be, praise the Lord. It's good to be on with you tonight. Um, I'm just honored to be on again, as I said, um, as I usually say, I count it a blessing and a privilege to be able to, to um, talk to you. Um, Papa asked me to release what God gave me to release, and um, that's what I'm going to endeavor, that's what I'm going to endeavor to do. Um, I got my date mixed up as to when I was supposed to do this, but nevertheless, I'm here and I'm ready to do and give you what God is, what the Lord has given me. Um, one of the things I thought about today, as I was, you know, preparing in meditation as to what I would, what God would want me to give tonight or to just, you know, talk on tonight. Um, I went over some of the notes from from the word that that Apostle gave on Tuesday night, and um, I just kept hearing the hearing the same cry the same cry of the same burden from the time that he spoke, I believe it was in November, from First Chronicles. It was First Chronicles, the seventh chapter and the 14th verse. And um, the same scriptures kept coming up in my spirit about um, uh, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. And the scripture in Chronicles giving us the, the format of, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble them, themselves and pray, um, turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, and how God is not looking for the world to humble themselves. God is looking for his people. He's looking for those that he's chosen, that he's called, that he, he's separated to humble ourselves and turn from our wicked ways and in that that um, in that lesson that he was teaching on during that session, um, the thought, the the word kept coming up adultery, and um, it's hard sometimes when you've been saved for a long time or even for a short while to think that you're involved in adultery because you go to church because you pay your tithes and you love the Lord and you dance and you sing and you love people and you give and you do this. So you're you're not. It's not easy for us to recognize when we're walking in adultery. Um, but the Lord kept impressing on me the scripture in the 24th chapter of Matthew, the 12th verse. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. The iniquity that abounds is not in the sinner because the, the sinner hasn't given his life to Christ and hasn't, you know, um, accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior and is not seeking to please God, but it's those of us that have given our lives to Christ and have found out who we are in him and um, and have heard the call of God on our life and seen the call of God working in our life and recognize the giftings that God has placed in us to do the work of the Lord. And it's easy for us to, to not be able to identify 
identify the adultery that we may have still locked up and how it's pulling us into um, it's pulling us into bitterness and it pulls us into re- to regret it pulls us into depression it pulls us into um, um, wanting to give our opinions instead of what God is saying and so the iniquities that I have to look for and as you as well we have to look for the iniquity that's hidden in our heart that's hidden in some of the things that we do that we don't recognize. We have to be open to, for us to say to God, God, search me, Lord, search me, you know, and then show me, as in Psalms 139, show me, show me what's in me, show me my heart, you know, because I'm walking and I'm living and I'm doing what I'm doing, and I, I get to the place where I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay. But every now and then we have to stop and say, Lord, search me. You know, show me my heart. Not if you find it, show it to me, and then show me, and then lead me, as Psalms 139 says, lead me in the way that is everlasting. As I listened to Apostle the other night, and he was still asking the same question, what is it that we, the church, what is it that we, the believers, those of us that are the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the the pastors, the teachers, those of us that walk in walk in what some would consider to be a high office and a you know high you know for people to look upon us as being. What is it that we need for God to help us deal with? Because before I can help you get your deliverance, I gotta I gotta let God do some work in me. And it's not a he's done it and I'm through and all I can do now, all I got to do is, is work on you. No, Paul said I got to watch when I'm talking to you, when I'm helping you, that lest I become, after I've done for you and helped you to get your deliverance, I myself become a castaway. So when Apostle was asking the other night, the question he wanted, well, one of the questions in his um, conversation he put out, he wanted to know um, let me get so I can read. I want to make sure that I read it correctly. What he said, um, the one of the questions that he asked was discuss the things that were not taught to us growing up in church life, how it impacts us negatively, and how it has allowed the church to become weak and not strong. Um, and as I looked at that that question, and there are a lot of things that I can, you know, that I can. Um, think of um, to say, okay, well, this is done now that I'm here where I am, but I can think of a lot of things that were done, and after I get to know the Lord and after I've gotten to walk with the Lord a little more and read the scripture for myself, went through some experiences, went through some trials, went through some tests, I find out that what was said, okay, well, that wasn't in context, and so it, it allowed me, it had me to go down the road that I should not have gone at. But it wasn't a bash against the pastors. It wasn't a bash against the churches. It wasn't a bash against my mother or my father. They knew what they knew, and they could only give me what they knew. And um, I think sometimes when, we're, when, when, we, when we look back on what's been said and what's been done, the impact that it's had on our life, he, Apostle also said on, on Tuesday night about how um, the, the, some of the churches and the ministries, they were teaching. It was a teaching that you didn't need to get education. You didn't need to go on to school. You didn't need to be involved in these things. You didn't need because, and for me, I heard that. That was a part of my upbringing in apostolic faith, and the words were, all you need to do is be ready for Jesus when he comes. So when I was offered a scholarship to a college of the arts, 
um, because my, the art teacher in my high school, um, last year of school, realized that there was a, a talent, there was a gifting in my life for the arts, um, whether it be in designing and, and art and artistry and drawing and making things, um, working with Clay, he offered me a scholarship to a school in New York. And when he offered it to me, he said, I have, two, I have one, one scholarship, and before I offered it to one of the other young men in the class, I wanted to make sure that I offered it to you. And um, so if you want it, you can have it. I was 6, 17, 18, 17 years old, got saved at 14. All I knew is Jesus was coming back, and I want to be saved. The encouragement was not there for me. It might have been there for you, but it wasn't there for me to continue in your education, become something that God can use in the world so that you would not be of the world. But the encouragement to me was, no, don't do that, because if you do that, you're going to get around those ungodly people, and then you're going to turn out and you're going to start doing what they do. So um, went on through life. I mean, it was a missed opportunity because of the lack of knowledge, the lack of what. And there are other things that I can say that have been done, but that was what they knew. They knew. And when I think back on it, I believe that some of the older, older um, in the older generations coming out of slavery, coming out of um, remembering things that had been done in the natural to them made, made the church, the people that were seeking God, to be put in a box to say, okay, this is how we do it for God. We became conformed. They became conformed to the, was it conformed to the image of God and not the knowledge? They walked in a way that it was, okay, this is the way we do God. We don't do God outside of this box. And anything outside of this box is not God, not realizing that God wanted to extend us and put us out. But the teaching on Tuesday really brought me to thinking about that and thinking about what it, and how it affected my life. It put me in, in situations that um, I could have passed uh, and not had to deal with. But I have to remember before I go bashing somebody about what they didn't do and how they didn't do me and what they should have did to me, I have to remember that God is faithful, and he knew it was going to be like that before it became like that. And so he allowed me to go through, and he allowed us, not just me, whatever you're going through, he allows us to go through the areas of life in certain ways and certain things. There are things that God would not have put on me because he knew I would not have been able to bear them, but he put them on you because he knew that, that you, can bet, you can handle this, and he was drawing you closer to him. So I can't say, well, God didn't put that on me, so I'm better than you. No, he knew I could handle what you went through. There are some things that some people just can't handle. You know, no matter how strong they are, he knows, he knows our make and he knows, you know, that we are but dust. But um, just getting back to the, the fact that God knew where I was and he knew, and so he provided a way. He made a way for me to go through and in my experience that I learned from the lack of knowledge and in my, not just, my, just the experience, but my hunger and my thirst, your hunger and your thirst for God will bring you to be filled, because the scripture says, he that hungers and thirsts for righteousness, after righteousness, you're going to be filled. Now, if you stop thirsting for righteousness and we stop thirsting, you know, um, for righteousness, we're not going to get it, and we're not going to be filled. We're going to always be happy. We'll always be looking back upon what was done to us or what wasn't done to us, and we will hold on to forgiveness, which is an iniquity. That's a sin. 
Well, they did this and they did that. Yes, they did. But you've got to forgive them so that you can go on. And the, the pulling on the scripture in Matthew 24 that God keeps giving me and keeps pressing upon me to make sure that you let them know that the enemy is coming in these last days after the love that you have for him. The enemy is coming after the love that you have for him. And in any way that he can make you, cause you to be offended by something that someone else has done, something that someone else has did and said to you, something that someone else has, has done and caused you to be suffering right now for it. Because every time you look at it, you think about what they did. If they hadn't done that, I wouldn't be here. But God is saying that's where we have to pull back and say, I've got to figure, i got to forgive. There's a situation in my life, and I'm not going to take the time um, to um, go into it deeply, but I remember um, the situation in my life where I was like, God, I can't do this. I can't, I can't do this. I can't, I can't forgive like this. I don't know how to forgive like this because I could say I forgive with my mouth, but then there's a, still a bitterness. There's still a, um, um, what the scripture said about Jesus, there's a gall. There's a gall in me that whenever that person's name comes up, I just freeze up and you could tell that the temperature drops in the room. Whenever something happens with that person, there's always a smart remark that comes out of my mouth. Or there's a look on my face that says, hmm, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think about it like that. Because there's something there. And we have to, before we, before we can, I'm not saying get it solved completely, it doesn't have to be solved completely, but it has to be dealt with within us, those of us that are, are are, are what we call leaders, those that God wants to use to bring the body to perfection for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. So if I keep putting it to the side and putting it to the side, what I'm doing is I'm giving them what they need, but I'm also giving them contamination with it. So they'll go away healed or delivered from one thing, but then they'll have something else that I impose upon them to be able to, to go on and follow with. But because the iniquity shall abound, get the iniquity out. Labor, you know, lay before God and say, Lord, search me. Show me what my right. Not wait for God to take it from you. God's not going to take it from you because he told you, as Apostle said on um, Tuesday night, he told Abraham, um, um, I call, he, he called him out. He separated him. Get you. He told him, you get. You get from amongst your family, from amongst your kin. You, you get up off of your and go from amongst your kin. And my kin could be something that I'm doing that's keeping me down, something I'm doing that keeps me in depression, something that I'm doing and I keep repeating and know that it's not good for me. I know eating chocolate is going to cause my skin to break out. I know eating all the cake and all the rice is going to keep me at a weight that I do not want to be. But I'm going to keep on doing it. And God's saying, no, you get up. You go exercise. Get you out from among your kindred. And, and so, and then once you get out from us, then I want you to go. I want you to go. And he was reading from Genesis, the 12th chapter. Well, he read in Genesis, the 11th chapter. So in order for God to get us where we need to be, we have to get up and we have to go hear what he says, not just go on our own because, or because someone else did it. Do it because God said do it. Do it because I'm walking in relationship with him. One of the things that was brought up in the discussions on Tuesday night was about the changing of mind and being renewed in our mind, and this discussion keeps coming up about how are we missing it, how is the, 
how are the people of God missing it? How is it that those that are seeking God, how are they miss how are we missing it? Um uh Romans twelve chapter, first through the third verse. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you know, be transformed. I'm not reading all, but I'm just, you know, quoting the portions. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Change your mind so you can, so your mind will dictate to you, okay, this is what I need to do. Change your mind. Read the word. Find out about God. Something Apostle said the other night, um, there were a couple of things that he said, a lot of things that he said that were just really, really rich word and really stood out to me. One of them was that verse when, when in the 12th chapter of, of uh, Genesis, and the first verse where he said, get thee out from amongst your, get from among your family, from among your kindred. And he said, um, I will show you, I want to quote it exactly what it says, but it says, and I will show you a land. I will show you. Uh, oh, hallelujah. I will show you. And when he said that, and I'm listening to it, and I can just hear it ringing in my head, I can show you better than I can tell you. And I think sometimes God is wanting us to believe what he says, whether we see it or not, because our walk is by faith. And in order to have faith in God, I've got to trust that God is the one that knows what he's doing. So God was telling Abraham, listen, I know you're used to ways that are, you know, like your father and what you were brought up in and the adultery, but I need you to get up and get out of this so I can show you what I have for you, because you won't be able to see it if you stay right there. If you stay amongst them, all you're going to see is what's being brought up before you right there. So get from amongst them, and let me show you. Bring bring yourself out of the TV. Bring yourself out of um, what you really like to do sometimes, sacrifice, consecrate. Pull yourself out of that so I can show you. I want to show you. And God's showing is not just talking. God's showing is an action. Let me take you here. And you're thinking, God, well, you said, just keep following me. Keep following me. The other thing that he mentioned was in um, in the Garden of Eden, and he talked about, Apostle talked about the animals and how um, Adam was given the authority. He was given the, the authority to speak and name every animal that God had created in the Garden of Eden. And how could you do that? How could he? How could he do that? And as I was reading that, and I'm looking at this, and I'm looking at it in the way that the scripture is saying, and I'm thinking the way that he did that is the same way. Listen, the same way that we're going to have to be able to do what we need to do. He spent time with God in the cool of the evening. He walked with God. He stayed attached to God. He was there. He was sitting at his feet. So the authority, not just the power, but the authority that was placed in him because he spent time with God, that was like a, I often think about it as someone branding you. And they put that cold, that hot cold iron on you, and they press it into you. They don't just lay it there and just let it sit for a few minutes and give you a little dark skin, you know, a little spot dark skin with a cross or a circle or whatever. They let it sit there for a while. And when they pull it up, it's not just a dark spot, but it's an indented spot. And my heart begins to pray, God, I need you to brand me. I need it to be so in me. I need it to be so engrafted in my heart to what I want to do wrong. When I want to go to the left, I'm not going to go to the left because you branded me. You sealed me. 
and allow you and sit there and allow you to do that. And it does take some time. But when he was saying that, and I was saying, wow, Adam sat with God. He sat with God. He he walked with God in the cool. That was a uh, um an everyday thing. That was a that was not an abnormal thing. So he was able to receive the authority to go back into the garden and say, okay, your name's going to be so and so. Your name's going to be so and so. Okay, you get over there. You go. and they did it because he was walking in the authority of the Creator, his Father, and it's so the same with us to keep us keep ourselves from falling into the iniquity and having our love wax cold, we have to take the time to sit with God. We have to take the time to worship God. We have to not not just in the hallelujahs, thank you, you're so good, but in our lifestyle, God, I'm doing this because you said to do this and because I love you. Um, I, I stated before, and I keep, it keeps coming up within me, God so loved the world. His love was so so it was the word so is like an expanding um balloon that just will not pop. It just so loved the world that he gave the love that he had was so so powerful, so intimate, so infused that he gave his only begotten son. And so God for me, God is looking for us to so love us, so love him, not us. Because we're loving ourselves more than we're loving Him, when we allow when we allow ourselves to get involved in things that don't bring God glory, or it brings us glory and it brings us happening happiness, but it doesn't bring what God wants for us. It doesn't bring what God wants from us, so that we can receive the benefits of what God um what God receives, what God receives from us, we receive the benefits of it. So the heart, the mind, the soul, and the lesson that we taught with uh, Matthew 24 and 12, it has to do with, listen, my love has to be for God, for heart, my heart, my mind, my, my body, my soul. Each day, the more I have to wrap myself in that. I have to wrap myself in his love so that when I hear people, do th- hear people say things, when I hear pe- see people do things, it won't deter me and have me um, feeling bad because they're doing this and I'm doing what I'm doing, but they seem to be more blessed than me. But my heart, my soul, my mind, and my body is in God, in Christ. Okay. Um, just trying to make sure I keep up time. Okay. Um, the other thing that um, I was pulling on, was pulling on my spirit in regards to the loving of God and the, the wrapping ourselves up in him so that when people see us in the days that we're coming into, and this year, the days that we're coming into and what God is going to say to us, this is roundtable. And when I come to roundtable, I expect to hear, this is my expectation to hear, what is God saying? What is the Lord saying? Um, yes, I, I hear what they're saying and I hear what that one's saying, but I need to hear what God is saying. What is God saying? So when I come to the round table and I am hearing what God is saying, I want to know what God is saying. What is God saying? Because I'm already bombarded by what the world is saying. I'm bombarded with what the newscasters are saying. I'm even bombarded with what the church is saying. Media has us. Media have, can have you in a place where, oh, well, this one, oh, oh, that's good, that's good, excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. 
Um, but what is God saying? What is God saying to you? So I'm listening to the different ones that are speaking on roundtable. I'm listening to the ones that are talking. What is God saying? And I'm listening to hear what is God saying. What is God saying? EMFI, Equipping Ministries, Fellowship International. Equipping Ministries. And when I look at equipping ministries, I don't look at it as equipping a church, equipping, you know, um, equipping a, uh, a person. No, not a, not as equipping a building, not equipping a building per se, but equipping us as, as the body of Christ, each of us individually, equipping us for the work of the ministry. So what is God saying? What is God saying to the apostles? And I take very seriously, and I listen, and I'm listening to what Apostle Griffin is saying, and I'm saying, okay, God, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that he's God and he's got it right and he's the only one, but I'm listening, and I'm being like the Bereans. I'm lining it up with what the Word said, you know. And so there's, there has to be a lining up of us for the love that we have for God, not for God's love toward us because we all know God loves us. You know, one of the things that the Lord showed me, and I think I was going to say this before and I didn't didn't get to finish it, um, was I was going through some changes and the Lord said, I'm going to teach you how to love yourself. And I was saying, God, I love myself. And in my, I'm just, you know, talking to him and saying, I, I do, I love myself. And Spirit Lord kept saying, no, you don't. And all the time I was saying in my mind, the Bible said to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I love my neighbors. I do for people. You know, I give people, you know, more, I, 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 I'm good. I love myself. I love, I love myself. I love people. I do for people. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you, you weren't doing what you were doing out of love. Everything that you were doing and being so nice and everybody said, oh, she's so nice. Oh, she's so kind. Oh, she, oh she's just a beautiful person. And God was saying to me, that wasn't because you loved yourself. You were doing that because it was an obligation. It was a part of your loyalty. That was what you were taught to do. And you weren't doing it because you loved yourself, because there were some things that I was doing that I wasn't doing because I loved myself. I was just doing it because I felt like they deserved it, and I didn't. Um, that they deserved it, and I didn't. So the Lord had to teach me, and so I was like, okay, God, all right, once I got a grip, and realized that he was teaching me how to, he was going to teach me how to love myself, is when he took me to the 139th Psalm. And the Lord began to show me how you have to know who I am. Once you get to know who I am, get to know my characteristics, get to know my attributes, get to know things about me, then you'll be able to reflect and know who I created you to be. And whatever anybody else does won't matter. Once you get to know who I am, once you really, really get to know who I am and how much I love you, how much I put in you, how much I, before the foundation of the world was, how I ordained you, how I set you up, how I allowed you to go through what you went through, but I was always there with you and will always be there with you, then you will know who you are. And the love that you give people, the things that you do for people won't be because this is what I'm supposed to do as a Christian. This is okay. Well, this is what I'm, okay. Well, I'm only doing this because I'm saying so. This is what I'm supposed to do. So let me go ahead and do it. And we really have to be honest with ourselves. We really have to be honest within ourselves and check ourselves and let somebody else check us. Because sometimes we can't even check ourselves. 
because we're so wrapped up in ourselves. So we need somebody. We need people around us that will check us. And I'm, my, this is my thing now. It's like I don't want you around me if I have a booger in my nose, hanging out my nose, and you're standing there talking to me. I'm sorry if that's too graphic for some of you. Forgive me. But you're talking to me, and then you're going to walk away and not say anything to me or give me a tissue and say, hey, since you got, you know, and you're going to walk away and keep on walking. Then I'm going to meet five other people that don't know me. And they're just going to look at me and say, oh, gosh, she got crust all up in her nose, and she didn't even stop to clean it. And when I do get to a mirror and I see myself, my thought is, you you with me. I thought we were together. I thought, you know, I was covering you, you covered me. And you saw me with my slip hanging in the back and didn't say anything to me. You saw me with this booger, this crust all around my nose and didn't say, so here, here, take this tissue off your nose. But the love of God, him teaching me how to love him, how to worship him no matter what's going on, even in my sickness, and not to always talk about what's going on with me, but to remember that I have an assignment from him. And if I take my assignment for him, he's going to take care of me. And I'll be able to feel, I'll be able to walk, even if it doesn't turn the way I want it to turn, I'll still be able to love. I will still be able to love. And I believe in the 12th chapter of Romans, it, it talks about the love. Let love be without dissimulation. Let it be without that portion that says, better be glad. I ain't going to do no, I wouldn't be doing nothing. But here, you better take this. Don't be expecting it. That's not love. That's not love. I don't know why, but I wrote something on my wall um, before, maybe about 30 minutes ago. And it says, just because you know it to be true does not make it the truth. Just because you know it to be true does not make it the truth. And then I went on to pull the scripture that says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. And everybody knows the rest of that. But true and truth. And then I went on to um, Ephesians. Now, yeah, Ephesians, the fourth chapter, in the same fourth chapter, we talked about the, um, him setting up the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the, te- the pastor, and the teacher, um, where it said, speak the truth, not what's true, not what's true, but speak the truth in love. And I think I, I, think I was... I believe the reason that that came to me is because I knew that there's some things that we might talk about at roundtable, um, some things that we might have a discussion about that would include other people that have been in our lives or that have done things in our lives um, to us. And if we haven't dealt with that and released them and got forgiveness, forgiven them for it, when we speak a true statement, it won't be, speak, it won't be spoken in truth. Because truth, when it is spoken, it lines up with what, what God wants from us for them. It's not, a true, it's, not a true, it's not a true statement. It's a true statement, and a true statement will kill. It will destroy. A true statement will wreck someone's life. It will um, destroy, discredit someone's capabilities. And even though it might be true, that doesn't mean that that's them. So the Bible, in my reading, I'm just going to give you this because that's what the Lord was giving to me about 
um, just because you know it to be true. Well, it's a, I heard people say, it's true. Like that's a, um, a leeway for you to say it because it's true. Just because it's true doesn't mean that it has to be repeated. Well, so-and-so told me this, and it's, it's true because so-and-so, she knows that doesn't mean it needs to be repeated. Just because you know it to be true does not make it the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if I'm going to speak, if we're going to speak things according to what God, what God desires, and according to the Christ that lives in us, it's going to be the truth. But it's going to be the truth, but it's going to be wrapped in compassion. It's going to be wrapped in love. It's going to be wrapped. It's going to be wrapped in a way out. It's going to be wrapped in deliverance. It's not going to be just the truth so you can go and feel bad because I said it and it's the truth. They already know it's true. They already know it's the truth. They need the truth. We need, not just they, because I need the truth. I need when any of my sisters or my brothers come to me and say, you know what, sis, blah, 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 blah. This is what I feel. This is what I'm sensing. I don't need to say, well, girl, I know what the Lord showed me. And using the gifting that God has given you or given us, to be able to just, you know, smack somebody upside the head and walk away and say, well, I gave him the truth. I gave him the truth, and it was, it was true. So I just gave it to him. I'm supposed to speak the truth. But the scripture says speak the truth in love. So I think in, in my writing this, I, I was believed that I was thinking how there are some things that are true that have happened in our lives, but we have to make sure that we, um, we have to make sure that when it's presented, that we present it in a way that there is no bitterness, there is no guile that's felt, there is no... There's nothing attached to it that would cause somebody to feel like, oh, my God, oh, yeah, yeah, that was wrong. Oh, and then, then go around with their opinion about it because when I gave it to you, I didn't give it to you in the spirit of love. Now, if you decide to do that, then that means you didn't receive it in the spirit of love. You just took it as, oh, this, oh yeah, yeah, and go run and tell it. But because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. That is what the Lord has me on. Um, also, in releasing in the, the first of the year for me, um, at the end of the year, the Lord showed me in a dream, um, in a dream, this young man, me dealing with young people and some things, and this young man um, coming to me, um, coming to me, and, well, he came to me and some other people that were in the room, and he was saying to us, my sister is in the hospital, and she's about to give birth, and I need you all to get in the birthing position. I need you all to get in the birthing position. Um, and we got on the floor. He said, I need you to get on the floor right here because my sister's in the hospital, and she's getting ready to give birth. And I need you all to get in the birthing position. And um, when I woke up and there were elements of that dream that were kind of like standing out because the young man that I saw in the dream, the Lord, you know, um, his sister's not able to, she has not been able to conceive. She has not been able to conceive. And so I woke up and I was thinking, okay, well, you know, maybe you just want me to pray for her. But it kept ringing in me, you get in, you get in. We weren't 
thinking of being pregnant, but you get in. He kept saying, I need you all to get in birthing, in the birthing position. Get in the birthing position. Come on. I need you to do it. And after a couple, you know, when I woke up and went on to the days and I started to thinking about the dream and, and just pulling to the, that God was calling for me to get in the birthing position. You're getting ready to birth. You're getting ready to bring forth. There's something that's been there. You didn't know it was there, but you're getting ready to bring forth. Um, um, and some other things that happened that pulled me into not really seeing that God was saying, get in to the birthing position. Position yourself. You're not in the position to birth. You think you are, but you're not. I need you to get in the position. You know what you know, and the Lord began to, to, let, to just, you know, elaborate in my heart as to how we can know the word, we can know what we know, we can know and we can feel this baby jump, we can feel stuff happening around us, but we're not in position. Um, position for birthing, um, uh, for me in Scripture, would represent the prayer, position. Okay, God, he's revealing whatever needs to be revealed, but he's revealing it to those that seek him, to those that are seeking, okay, Lord, Whatever you want, whatever you're saying yes, those that are saying yes. So the birthing position, get in the birthing, birthing position. Um, and for those of you that maybe God hasn't, you know, you're already, you feel that you've already given birth, God is saying align, the birthing position and alignment. Align yourself with the position that I told you to get in. Um, there are different positions that, that, that the doctors, when a woman is having a baby, they'll, um, when she's going through labor, some will have them, you lay on your side. The baby heart, heartbeats drop or the um, contractions are not coming like they should be coming. They will put you on your side. And then when the baby's heartbeat comes up again, then they'll turn you back on your back. When it's time for the baby to, to come forth, you'll be laying on that bed with no, um, I can't remember the names of those things that are at the end of the table, um, but um, you're laying on your back, but when it comes time for that last push to come out, to come forth, they'll put you in a position that you hadn't been in for those 10, 15, whatever many hours that you had been in labor. So this is the time, and that means you're going to have to really, really push hard. We're going to have to really, 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 really push hard to love. We're going to have to push really, 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 really hard to see people as God sees them and not as they are. In order to help people, in order to bring the deliverance, in order to bring salvation, in order to bring healing, we're going to have to see past what, what people have been doing in order to see what God is saying and what God is showing them to be, how God sees them. Because I can look at you and say, well, if you, you know, you're big, you're heavy. If you just stop eating, you just, but God is saying, I don't need you to see that. I need you to see what I need you to say. I need you to see what I'm seeing so that you can speak to that and not to what you see with your natural eyes. So getting in position and aligning ourselves so that, God can, so that the Lord can use us this year as the many blessings, as the many, I don't even say blessing because I'm blessed. I'm blessed because I have Christ in my life. I'm blessed because Jesus died for me. I'm already blessed. But the manifestation of those things that God, the Lord desires to have in my life so that he can produce what he desires to bring forth 
and I can reap the benefit of it. Because the money I said before, if God gives you a husband and you're desiring a husband, God gives you a husband, he's not giving you a husband just because for your sake. He's giving you a husband for ministry's sake, for the purpose, for his purpose. And you get to reap the benefits of it. So we get it backwards. We think, oh, God just gave me a husband because he knew I needed No, he didn't give you no husband because he knew you needed it. He gave you a husband because the kingdom needed it. And it needs to align. The position of marriage is to align me for the purpose of God. The position of getting a house is to align me for the purpose of God. The, the, the position of getting land, being able to receive money, being able to be, you know, endowed with finances and favor is so that I can do the purpose of God can come forth from that. Amen. Amen. I'm going to turn it back over to the hands of Apostle. God bless you. Wow. Amen. amen. Let's give, let's give God praise. Amen. Let's thank the Lord. Amen. Uh, thank you, Jesus. This, uh, Hallelujah. Uh, that she has, uh, uh, delivered, amen. Very, very, very good, amen. Very good for this time, amen. We thank the Lord for um, everybody on the call. I got to make sure I'm not on mute, and um, amen. We want some. We want some feedback. We want to hear what you heard. We want you to uh, not evaluate, but amen to enhance, amen, and to sharpen and to. Uh, um, just give us some feedback, saints, please. Everybody on the round table. Thank you. This is Pastor Hickson uh, in Richmond. The thing I think that stood out the most to me is um, when when she mentioned how things used to be as far as going to school. I was kind of new, newly saved around that time, but I did hear that, that uh, the fear was that people would be around unsafe people and be exposed to things that would draw them away from being saved. Mm. Um, I thought it was a little strange, you know, mm-hmm. but as I said, I I was newly saved, and I thought, well, okay, I guess that's the way it is. But mm-hmm. then I was thinking at the time, but if you're saved, that's mm-hmm. not going to affect you like that. And mm-hmm. if we're saved, then we go out and yeah. show the world what salvation is. But yeah. I like what you said, um, that we have to forgive those people. I uh, this person that I talk to often, and this person says all the time, I could have been this, I could have been that, mm-hmm. but my mom wouldn't sign the paper, I couldn't, you know, what opportunity, whatever. And and is this person is not like 15 years old, fully adult, and I really didn't think of it in terms of forgiving people for that until you said it just now, because Mm -hmm. that can Mm -hmm. be um, a weight that Mm -hmm. keeps us from moving forward because we're still Mm -hmm. looking back at that person who Mm -hmm. in our minds 
interfered with us going the direction that we mm-hmm. thought we yes. were going to go. So, mm-hmm. and and I heard you say we have to we have to hear what God is saying, and then mm-hmm. He says um, He makes all things to work together for good. So, yes. if Mama didn't sign the paper, mm-hmm. if you didn't have the money, if yes. you didn't marry the man, then God still gets yes. the glory from yes. there as long as you continue to walk with God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. But that Amen. Is, and it is it is so true. It is good. It is good to be able to realize that because we will hold people in grudges. And I think the scripture is that scripture that says to whom whom um is it remits? There's a scripture that talks about remitting. When you remit, when you mm-hmm. release, when you hold on to something that someone done for, to you or when you you know, when you release it, you're releasing yourself. You know, to move mm-hmm. on. You can't move forward if you're going to continue to have them dragging with you everywhere you go because they did you wrong, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. and uh, or waiting for God. Oh, that was the other point, waiting for God to get them because they did you wrong. Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's, that's, a, that's a really, and like I said, it's, that's a really, really strong point there, and that for me is saying to you that you're holding um, – you're holding that, and God is saying it's keeping you from being able to love like I want you to love. You're my child. You're supposed to show love like I do. You're supposed to show mercy like I did. But if you're going to hold on to it and not forgive, you're not going to be able to forgive them. Well, God just knew that that was hard. No, yes, God knew, but He, but it pleased the Lord to bruise his own son. It pleased him to allow his own son to die on the cross. Okay, somebody else take it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Good. Hi, this is Georgia uh, from Northwest Indiana. <clears throat> Forgive me, I'm getting over uh, the flu. But what stood out mm-hmm. for me, um, Matthew twenty four twelve. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I was studying on this earlier. Um, mm-hmm. I had a family member that that did something to me that I was really close to that really mm-hmm. just pierced my heart. And mm-hmm. so um, at, when studying this that um, that scripture, I, I was thinking that it was her love that was waxing cold, but as I heard you speaking, I think that was my, my heart that mm-hmm. was waxing cold or my love that was mm-hmm. waxing cold because I thought mm-hmm. I was over it. And, mm-hmm. if, and I heard someone else mention that, you know, if, if you... Um, I'm tearing up thinking about it now, so therefore I know I need to go into prayer about that. But um, and, and 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 instead of um, you know holding a grudge, what I started doing was just saying, you know, bless her, Lord, bless her, bless her mm-hmm. son, who who uh, presently just been diagnosed with MS mm-hmm. in his 30s. So um, just have mercy, you know, because mm-hmm. we know that you know sometimes when you do that people wrong, you know, he'll come back on you. So I just ask him to have mercy. Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I, I look at that scripture now a little bit different since you have touched on that. Um, thank God. Yeah. yeah. So God bless you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. God bless you. It is not easy, and it takes mm. God. God is the only one. And I, I, um, I posted something on Facebook that said, I can't love you. 
I can't love you out of my love, and I can't love mm. you the way you want me to love you. I gotta love mm. you the way God loves. I have to wait, love you the way God loves, because my love is not going to be enough. <laughs> my love will turn off on you when you do me wrong too many times. <laughs> My love will turn off on you when you talk to me in a way that I feel you disrespected me. So I can't depend on my love to give you what you need. But it's God's love that I'm going to have to seek, and I'm going to have to seek him so that I can do that. You know? My mind's going to have to be changed so that I can do that. And we can't do it on our own. Um, I gave a testimony to the women, and it's, 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 it's a long story, but um, there was the situation – where it was, it was like, God, I can't do this. I can't love love. I can't do this. You're going to have to help me because I can't, you know. I laid on the floor crying in regards to what had happened and the things that had happened that transpired. It was like I was dying. And you know how you hear people say when they're dying, they see their life flash before them? All mm-hmm. the situation, everything that happened in the situation, it just flashed before my heart, and my heart, I just cried and cried. I cried and laid, on, laid out on the floor and cried for like 45 minutes. And when I um, crawled to my chair, when I got on my knees and crawled to my chair, it felt like the Holy, the Holy Spirit just took his hand and wiped my face, and I wasn't crying anymore. And I heard the Holy Spirit said, this is how you're going to pray for them. And the Lord began to show me, you're going to pray for them. And I kept hearing the scripture, pray for them, bless them. But he's going to say, you're going to pray for them, not like they're the person that was close to you or that they did, that that." You know, you felt that you had like, like David with um, was it David with Jonathan? If it wasn't from, if it was my enemy, I could have took it a little better. But you were close, so close to me, I wasn't expecting you to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, the, so the Lord was saying to me, "You're not going to pray for them in that category. You're going to pray for them like a sinner on the street that you know the enemy has." And that needs to be saved. And the only reason they're doing what they're doing is because the devil has has their mind. You're going to pray for their salvation. You're going to pray for their deliverance. You're going to pray. And you're not just going to say, God bless them, Lord, do it for Lord Jesus. No, you're not going to just say some words. You're going to cry out for them. You're going to travail for them. That's the way you're going to get them. That's the way you're going to get this, you know, that's the way you're going to get this free. That's how yeah. you're going to get free from this. That's what you're going to get free from because my desire, and it came about because my desire was, it was like, Lord, I want to, this is how it started. Lord, I want a closer walk with you. But I know if I'm going to have a closer walk with you, I've got to deal with this issue right here. Yes. And you, we cannot say, well, I'm going to seek the Lord and I'm going to get closer to God. You can't get closer to God and you still got things that you're holding against people because the Bible says right. that I regard iniquity in my heart. What it say? Mm. He ain't even hearing me. I'm just talking to the wall. I'm talking to the ceiling. So my thing was, God, I want to walk close to walk with you, but I can't. I don't know what to do with this. This is here. I'm admitting it. It's against you. I'm admitting it. I feel this way, and I don't know how to deal with it. And He will teach you how to do it. And he will teach you how to do it and do it with the compassion of love and be able to cry and just pour your heart. And people will look at you and say, what in the world? How you? Didn't they just, um, um, didn't they? How you over there buying stuff for them? How you going to give them a word from them? The only word I'd be giving them is my, I have had people say, only word I'd be giving them is my fist. Church people, sanctify, holy ghost filled. 
But God had to teach me, and I had, and that's where the desire to please God. That's where the desire to want for to do what's pleasing to God, not what's pleasing to my flesh, not what everybody expects or what I should do or what I should have did. No, God, what do you want me to do? Scripture says Jesus only did what he saw his father do. He didn't do nothing on his own. I only do what I see my father. Lord, what do you want me to do in this? Because this is hard. And yes, you take a minute and back off and say, okay, God, this is kind of hard. What you want me to do? How, how am I going to do this? And he'll give us a process. Search me, oh, Lord. Know my heart. Try me. Know my And see if there be any wicked way in me. Show me the wicked way in me. Then once you show me the wicked way in me, lead me through your word as to how I'm to do this so I'll be pleasing to you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I'm I'm my spirit. I love the Lord. I love the Lord. I love him. I love him. I love him. This that came into my spirit also when you were talking about that. Sometimes the devil will use your family members to do you wrong. Mm-hmm. It's a test. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a test. Yeah, and God mm-hmm. will allow them to do it. Because God was, this was my, my prayer one time. I was like, God, you're God Almighty. You could do this. You're God Almighty. You could, and I'm expecting God like a genie in a box to fix this so I don't have to do this. I don't have to feel like this, God. You could do this. God, you could do that. And it's like um, I had a nephew that was wanting to, we were doing Bible study and talking, and he had, this was his first time coming. He wanted to know how you expect me to want to serve a God that would allow children to do this. How would you? to be this way, to be born like this, or to be going without food. And he was really, really harsh. And the other family members were like, no, no, calm down. I was like, no, let him express himself. When he got finished, I said, in the Garden of Eden, let's go to Genesis. He's young. But he was expressing himself, and that's how he felt. How do you expect me to serve a God that lets this stuff happen and not do anything? I said, in the Garden of Eden, it all goes back to the Garden of Eden. Um, Because you'd be surprised people that think they know the Bible from what they've heard somebody else say. And so I took him to Genesis, and I said, okay, what does it say? I said, you remember in the third chapter where they ate the fruit? They ate the forbidden fruit that God told them not to eat. They ate from the tree that the Lord told them not to eat from. And he said, yeah. Well, why would God set up? Why was God playing a game with us like this? I'm telling you from the mouth of a 24-year-old young man who is tall and big. And his thing was, I don't want to serve a God that would allow stuff like this. I don't want to serve a God that's going to play with me like this. And so he ran on and he ran on. I said, God told them not to, and they did. And so I said to him, I said, listen, you have a daughter that's three years old. I said, when she was two years old, three years old, when you had her in the kitchen, you had a stove in your kitchen, didn't you? And he said, yes. And I said, when she would go close to that stove, you would say, ha, ha. No, 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 baby, don't touch. Ha, ha. And he said, yeah. I said, when you turned your back, that baby touched that stove, didn't she? He said, yes. I said, if she got burned, did you throw that stove out the house? <laughs> and he said, no. I was like, so God put them in the garden, told them not to touch. They touched. They were game. Simple. And he was like, after that, I had no problem with him. No problem. Mm-hmm. No problem. It's just being able to relate in the way that, you know, we know. But God is good. God is good, and he's merciful, and he's kind. And um, he loves us, and the enemy wants us to feel like he doesn't love us. So he wants to distract us from God's love through sin that we see in other people or things that other people have done to us. God didn't do that to us, so he doesn't expect us to do it to (coughs) to anybody else. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You guys don't know how much I'm enjoying this. (laughs) 
Okay. God is good. Praise the Lord. You said um, that we have to pray and and however hard it is to see how God would have us to handle yeah. it. Um, when I was working, the I had a supervisor, I was doing speech therapy, and I had to work with um, a supervisor. And I... I think I had I had missed a couple of deadlines for uh, to have one of the papers sent in or something. So instead of her talking to me and saying, you know, hey, Cheryl, you've missed some deadlines. We need to kind of catch up. She went to the boss. And so the boss called me in and basically threatened my job. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was livid because all she had to do was talk to me, and then she mm-hmm. and I could have worked it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was mad. I just was mad for days. And mm-hmm. her her mother was ill. She had to every day go to her mom's house, and she was. Uh, on life support and all of that, basically, she had to, on a breathing machine, she had to go and clean out the tubes and do all of this. And so it was shortly after that, that her mother died. And that my first thought, I'm going to tell you, my first thought was, see, that's what you get for messing with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I repented. But what God told me to do was to send mm-hmm. her some money mm-hmm. and tell her to just use this. You and her, your husband go out to eat and just kind of relax. Mm-hmm. And uh, he told me to send her $100. Now, that was a lot of money for me mm-hmm. at the time. <laughs> and so, you know, we had a little bit of an argument there, or I did <laughs> anyway. Um but I was obedient, and then I we both actually were free. The I was free, and 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 the the ice that w- had come between us was broken. So, yeah, God knows how, because yeah. that did not come for me. That didn't come for me. Yeah, and you know, and that's what makes it so good because you know this wasn't me. You you right. can see this is the hand of God doing this for me because this wasn't me. There were things that I've done or was done, and people were saying, "How'd you do that?" And then I have to look back and say, eh, and I'd be like, "Okay, that was God," because I knew that wasn't me. That wasn't right. me. There was there were situations in marriage. I you don't have there there were situations in marriage and adultery and um um. One particular young lady was dealing with my husband at the time, but I knew it, and God was always showing me stuff. I always knew stuff. Um, um, he was always giving me heads up on stuff. But at the time, I remember walking into the service. I was in the church. It was a Sunday morning, and I was in the service, and I, was, and I got a note from the um, uh, apostle that I was under, and he sent a note back and said, Apostle wants you to sing a sermonic solo. And so I'm standing there, and I'm like, okay, and I'm – Praying and I'm praying in tongues as I'm waiting, you know, sing. I remember getting up and singing this song. When I went up to get to sing the song, I sang the song, 
And when I was singing the song, the anointing of God, the presence of God just fell so heavy in the room, and I felt like I was elevated off the floor. When I came back to my seat, when I went back to my seat and I sat down, this young lady that I knew was talking and, you know, sneaking around with my husband in the church. Now, mind you, in the church, came up in the apostolic faith, and I got saved when I was 14. She, there was a, and when the power of God fell and I got back to my seat, this young lady went down on the floor and she was just praying. She was, you know, she was travailing and praying. And at, during that time, we, it was our job to make sure anybody you see in, you know, praying and, you know, going forth, you go over there and help them. You go over there and pray with them. You go over there and stand with them. So I, you know, come off my seat and I go over there. At the moment, I didn't think about this young lady as my husband. I ain't messing with her. You know, get her, God. I didn't do it. I just automatically just got out of my seat and went over to where she was and knelt down and was praying with her. You know, come on, come on. And I'm praying with her. I got up and went back to my seat, and I didn't think no more of it. And one of the mothers in the church went to her house for dinner that afternoon, and she said, girl, anybody go to heaven, you go to go to heaven, because I'd have been down there <laughs> punching her. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I, that, the thoughts never entered my mind. Jesus. The girl, what she did or what she was doing, this was a God thing. This was what God was saying, do this. And in order to deal, and this is what I was saying, in order for us to deal with the sinner on the street, if we can't deal with the people that are closest to us, that hurt us, how are we going to deal with people we don't even know? Right. Yeah. You know? How are we going to deal with true. people we don't know? How, we, how are you going to deal with the um, the sex offender, the, the, the rapist? How are you going to deal with them? How are you going to deal with them? Turn your head and say, mm, nasty thing, good enough for you. They ought to put, put you in jail. Yes, they may should put him in jail, but he still has a soul. He still has a soul. She still has a soul. And the, and the and God, and picture says that God is not willing that any should perish. The prostitute, the sex offender, the um, rapist, the murderer, he's not willing that they perish. Yes, they did wrong. Yes, what they did was horrific. But God is still not willing that they perish. But he wants all to come to repentance. So in order for us to do that, we've got to get ourselves so wrapped up in love and in the love of God till, um, till when we see them, we don't see them. We see what God sees. And we pray according to what God. I, think, I believe that the spirit of discernment, the gifting of discerning of spirits, and even the, even the, the spirit of discerning that's connected to the Holy Ghost that lives within us, that we say it lives within us, needs to be stirred in us, and it will be stirred by our relationship with God, the time we spend with God, telling him how much we love him, being able to say yes to him, and he tells us to do things that we don't want to do or things that we wouldn't choose to do. But God, if this is going to please you, my desire is to please you. And until I get the desire to please God, I'm not going to be fit to work in the kingdom. Because the enemy is still going to throw that person right in your face, and then he's going to sit there and say, "Mm -hmm, let me see you pray for them. Let me see you travail for them. Bless them, Lord, and then let them go on their way. And God saying, the Father seeking those that will worship him in spirit and in truth, not in word. You hear Spirit and in truth. The Father is seeking those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. Thank you. So, amen. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Praise praise the Lord, everybody. Praise (laughs) the Lord, everybody. Everybody. Uh, yes, I understand. 
we have to be careful what is in our hearts, and, and you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Bitterness and depression can mm-hmm. uh, be hidden in our hearts, and, and you were using Psalms 1 and 39. I appreciate that. We do yeah. have to ask God to search yeah. our hearts. Yeah. And um, just going back just a little because of timing, I don't want to press too long in this, but um, the discussion of the things about the former church and how it impacted our lives. Well, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, it comes from we were taught about the foundation of salvation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. we got into the apostolic doctrine, but not in its full course, as mm-hmm. was mentioned on Tuesday. And mm-hmm. there were some things that, you know, uh, we were taught to stay in the box and we couldn't take um, our mantles out into discipleship, mm-hmm. uh, to going out into the field. But to bring it back to, to what we're talking about here and I, you know, what fell on me while you're talking, I in in First uh, Corinthians, um, thirteen and eleven, just to read this. Um, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a womb man, I put mm-hmm. away childish things. Mm-hmm. Now, why why I brought this up because when we were coming up in the church. We were fed a lot of milk, a lot of yeah. milk, yeah, a lot of milk, and mm-hmm. uh, it it was a repetitive type of thing. But that's okay because Jesus mm-hmm. repeats in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, I had a desire to get the real meal deal. You know, mm-hmm. like when you go to McDonald's or wherever you want the real meal. Well, I was mm-hmm. hungering for that, and so mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you uh, you mentioned. Uh, which was in Matthew 5 and 6, blessed are those mm-hmm. who hunger and thirst for righteousness, mm-hmm. for they shall be filled. Okay, so in, in saying all that, going back to your uh, Matthew 24, it's true, the enemy is coming after you for the love that you have for him in Christ. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. have to be careful. You really have to be careful because um, we're here to forgive and to love as yeah. mentioned, and uh, I was listening to a prophetic ministry by uh, Ryan uh, Lestrange, which was uh, uh, somebody referred to me. Thank you, mm-hmm. um, uh, Pastor Dr. Danina Elderton. But um, it was about being cautious not to be, uh, not to fall from the grace of God, yeah. because bitter, bitterness, <coughs> call, bitterness yeah. causes offense. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to be very careful. And mm-hmm. uh, when Apostle was teaching about Genesis uh, 11, um, God wants us to know where we need to be and to understand what he wants us to do in relationship with him. And so mm-hmm. being renewed in him is what is missing. And and, and you mentioned Romans 12, verses 1 through 3. And that was a matter of uh, something that is a deep-rooted quest that I had in changing my mindset. We have to change our mind, our thinking. And when you were talking about those examples, you were going through those type of things. And even when the sister came back and said, girl, if it was me, well, those things, you know, those are um, some 
sometimes those things creep into our hearts when we yeah. listen to other people yeah. giving yeah. us those inferences yeah. because uh, we really have to protect our spirits yeah. that we don't embrace those things. Yeah. And so uh, we have to embrace forgiveness through mm-hmm. repentance to eliminate yep. those bitterness, that bitterness that's in our heart, or we can mm-hmm. become contaminated. Okay, Mm -hmm. so we have to build on our relationship with God. We have to identify those false pains and offenses and get delivered. Okay, we have to forgive others through that forgiveness, but forgive ourselves because of those type of thinking, that type of thinking that can happen. We have to create a new cycle in our life to break those yokes, to get Mm -hmm. released through transformation, and we have to deal with the false expectations and demands and meditate on God's word. So in saying that, we need apostolic alignment and intercession, Mm -hmm. and it penetrates into our emotions. We must stay in the logo, so the the word of God, rhema word of God, and let the spirit, the power of and the authority that God gave us line up in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so by that, you know, we know that once that happens, we're going to be dealing with growth, spiritual growth, because growth will create these challenges. But it's about mm-hmm. impartation and participation in the word and what God wants us to do. If we mm-hmm. value something, of course, we're going to invest in it. And the word of God is valuable, and it is most valuable in our lives. So, and it brings merit in our lives. So there is a measure of preparation that God gives each one of us to pursue in the shifting of our ministry and in the alignment with people we are going to have in our lives. So mm-hmm. we have to be vision-driven once we yeah. get past all the rigmarole and all that extra stuff that we don't need and get into alignment with God's word and understanding what he wants us um, to do, then we can be able to continue in the kingdom-building aspect that he has us here for and predestined for us. And lastly, another scripture that came to me, Proverbs 13 and 12, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But desire comes. When desire comes, it is the tree of life. Tree of life. So let's continue to eat and desire the word that can be hidden in our hearts that we don't sin against anyone, let alone ourselves. Seek that deliverance in our hearts, Mm -hmm. and that love will come. And love will come. By the Holy Spirit, the love will come. That's all I have to say. Amen. 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 Baron, may I say, um, we have have the host of our conference in June in Fort Lauderdale on the call. Amen. Just going to ask Pastor Nelson just to have uh, just some reflections. Amen. Well, good evening, everybody. I'm just enjoying. I'm just enjoying this um, roundtable, and it's just awesome hearing the word tonight. And a lot of things have been said that just makes you know so much sense. 
and them just writing scribbling notes. Um, but what I'm getting from all of this is that we need to get up <clears throat> and go. That's and it. Uh, you mentioned, you mentioned, you also speak of um, birthing and alignment. Yeah. And I think that's where the Lord wants to take us. Um, mm -hmm. If we look back at Abraham, you know, there mm -hmm. was something that he still hold on. So if you want to call it tradition. Yeah, yeah. Um, he held it on for a long time. But even yeah. when God told him, go forth. Um, <laughs> he took his father, Pharaoh, yeah. with him. Mm -hmm. the patriarch of the family. Mm. And God says, I want to bless you. Yeah. There's something that you've got to let go. Yeah. Yeah. And as yeah. I listen to all the testimonies and the words gone forth tonight, I'm hearing that there's still something that, because go back to Matthew 24, 12, one of my favorite uh, verse, because iniquity abound, the love of many shall wax cold. You're right. He was not speaking mm -hmm. to the world, but speaking to the church. Yeah. And again, second Chron or second or first Chronicles seven fourteen, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves. So mm -hmm. such a powerful word. There's some hidden things in our heart, as you mentioned, that mm -hmm. we need to search ourselves. So Abraham, after many years, his father died, and he moved on, but then he took Lot. So there's still some small things, you know, that are still there. So even though the father died and he's moving on, but there's a lot there. And um, <laughs> when God gives you a promise, you know, that's what he's going to do. He's going to keep his word. <laughs> I also, there are a lot of things that I wrote here, but I'm not going to go through that as I was listening. And as you said, many are conformed to the, to the image, but, they, but not to knowledge. Yeah. And God wants to take us into knowledge and relationship. Um, yeah. And uh, you talk about vision, which is awesome, you know, mm -hmm. because a lot of us are not seeing the vision and the purpose of what God really intends for us. And we're yes. still locked into, uh, I think you said idolatry. Um, yes. We're still locked into tradition. And we're yes. not actually seeing what God is doing. Rachel took her father's image with her, you know. Yes. <laughs> this was a matter of God going back home and she took the image and she mm -hmm. lied about it. Um, mm -hmm. And so there's some stiff stuff that we're still holding on to. But God mm -hmm. says, I cannot bless you until you get rid of some stuff. Yes, I like the, the illustration of the baby. Uh, I didn't know this, that when the baby heart rate, you know, goes low, they turn the, the mother on the side. Mm -hmm. And when the heart rate comes back to normal, she's, go, she's back on her back, which is a very uncomfortable mm -hmm. position. Yes. You also mentioned that the last push, which your, foot, yeah. your feet are now in the stirrups, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the last push takes a lot of energy. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> so you can't watch what other people are doing or saying. You've got to listen yeah. to what God is saying. What is God's vision? He says, I want to bless you. Thank Can you me. see the blessing? Can you see what God is saying to you at this time? You see, Agar cannot bring forth Isaac. He wants you to bring forth, even though she sat on and Sarah's lap and pushed, you know. And it was not the birth that God wanted. So God don't want anything that is not, you know, according to his will and according to his plan. We then need to search ourselves. Lord, what is in my heart? What is it that I'm carrying? What is it that is hidden in me? That, that, that needs to come out. 
there's some stuff in me that needs to come out. You yeah. said, I can, it's better if I show you than tell you. Because, yeah. you know, yeah. sometimes they're telling you you're still not getting it. No. God is saying, I want to show you. <laughs> so <laughs> if we let go, we will let go. I'm just, I'm just throwing over some of the notes. It's not my words. They're your words. I'm just using them, you know. But it's, it's a powerful Sounds word. Sounds good to me. <laughs> it's a Sounds powerful word. And God wants us to get up and go. Um, because iniquity is about. There's so much that is hidden in the hearts of the people of God. We have become hard. We have become callous. You know, where is the love? You do this. You do this. Eye for an eye. And Jesus is saying, no, that's not what it is, honey. You know, (laughs) you can't do that. That was Moses' law. That was your father's law. That was what they did back then. Don't try to hold out the people of God. As Sister Maddie says, we could not take up our mantle and go with it because of the tradition of men. But yes, now God. we realize, and God has opened our eyes, we need to mm-hmm. get rid of that, get rid of our father's mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And we can't put the blame on them and say they're the cause mm-hmm. and they're the reason. They did mm-hmm. what they knew how to do, That's you know. Right. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I can only give you what I know. Uh, and they did, and they did a good job. I think they did a good job because it kept a lot of us out of trouble. You yes, know? But now God is saying it's time for you to take your mantle and to run mm-hmm. with it because, hey, it's, the time is short, right? Yes. The time is yes. short. We're now in a birthing position, you know, mm-hmm. and this is the last push. This mm-hmm. is the last push. The last push is I've got to let go all grievances. Yeah, I've got to sure. let go everything mm-hmm. that is negative. I cannot listen anymore to what people yeah. are saying. And yes, I cannot God. watch what they're going to say. You know, yes. I've got to do what my master tells me to do. He tells yes, me, God. get up. Oh, glory to God. Mm. I feel an anointing mm. coming on. Let come me on, come out here. Amen. Come on. You know, yes, he's telling you to get up, go, mm. and do. And I'm yes, going to show you. Yes. So, yes, sir, we have gotten rid of the terrors in our life. We have passed some stuff. Mm. But do we still have the lot there? You know? Because mm-hmm. going to chapter 13, and 14, it was only after Lot had departed from Abraham that God mm. said, Now, Abraham, I yeah. want you to lift up your eyes, walk to and fro the land, look eastward, westward, mm. north, southward. All that I will give you, I'm showing it to you now. You couldn't mm. see then, but now you're seeing it because you've gotten rid of your father and your nephew mm. and everybody else that is around you. Yes, and I want to show you my glory. The last push, it was hard for him to push Lot out of his life. It was hard. Yes, God. He says, he says, uh, uh, Lot, uh, uh, you're my brother. Let's not argue. We are brethren. Mm-hmm. Can we look at that tonight? We are mm-hmm. brethren. Let's not argue. So if you take mm-hmm. the east, I take the west. If you take the plains, I take the, the mountain. Yeah. But it was only after that last push. It was hard. It was like a knife cutting through. Mm-hmm. The last mm-hmm. thing that I know, my family, this was my family. And yeah. right now I'm here, the Holy Spirit said, there's somebody in this line, there's a family member that we need to, that we need to forgive. There's a family mm-hmm. member that, you know, is being, there's a family situation. Somehow I'm hearing, mm-hmm. sister, you know, mm-hmm. that we need to learn how to forgive her because it's not really mm-hmm. her. And you mm-hmm. cannot receive the blessing of the ultimate blessing that God has. On, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just hearing that as the Holy Spirit said it to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we need to learn how to let it go. It's not yeah. easy. It's a push. Mm-hmm. You gotta push. 
But God is bringing us into alignment to his word. Mm-hmm. And he's putting us into a birthing position because we are pregnant with destiny. Yes. We're pregnant with it's so much. But because mm-hmm. iniquity, which word translate means lawlessness. You know, we're not, mm-hmm. we're transgressing the law. There's something that we're not doing. We may think mm-hmm. we're doing it, yes. but we need to search ourselves. I, for one, need to mm-hmm. search myself as I'm speaking because the speaker is never exempt from the word. It's a yes. two-edged word. It's cut mm-hmm. both ways. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yes. So let me yes. not take up any more time. Let me not do that. Mm-hmm. It's my first time here. God bless you. Amen. Thank great you. job. Great word. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amen. Be blessed, everybody. Amen. That was so Amen. good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for that. That mm-hmm. was good to me. I just wanted to say also before Apostle gets on, um, the uh, I'm not sure who said this, but they were saying, um, oh, they were saying something, and I wrote down, um, God knew, oh, we were talking about the pastors and the people that we knew from our old and how they raised us and what we were taught and what we did and what wasn't right and what was, you know, didn't benefit us. But um, I often think of the scripture um, um, that says that he calls the young because they're, because they're strong. God calls the young because they're strong. And he calls the old because you know the way. And sometimes in your aging and in your time and being in Christ and you're living holy and you're seeking God and you have, yes, you've had your faults, but you're still seeking God. And you're saying, God, you haven't done anything with my life. And I was, as someone was speaking, I just, just heard the Holy Ghost say, um, God knew that, that all, he knew everything that was going to happen to you and to me. He knew everything yeah. that we were going to, to go through. He knew what people were going to do. And he knew that it was going to linger along. But he knows the make of us also and that the yeah. Lord allowed it to be for such a time as this. He couldn't take us no faster than this because we're needed. And these days, we are needed. You are needed in the days to come so that yeah. we, can have, we have the foundation. We have the way. We have the way, even though there were some things that we didn't need, God allowed us to go through them so that when we got to this point, we'd be able to see it in a different way. And now all he's saying is break loose, separate separate yourself from all that stuff, get rid of it, let it go, let it go, let it go. They did. It happened. It's over. Coulda, shoulda, woulda, you didn't. Let's go. Let's go. Get up let and go. Let it go. Let it go. Get up and go. Get up and go. Let's go. Let's go. Praise the Lord. Praise Apostle, them. it's in your hand. Unless there's someone else, you know, has something they want to say. All minds are clear. Well, no, I thank God we, for all of you that are online tonight. I really um, appreciate your coming on because um, you didn't have to, but you did, and I'm sure I'm appreciative of it. And I just want to thank God for you. I love you with the love of God. I love God. So I love God's people whether I see them or not. And I always say, I'm always saying I have much love for you. When I say I have much love for you, that means I'm praying for you. My much love is praying for you, that God's will be done in your life, that God will give you what you need, that God will get you out of what you're in that's not like him and that's hindering you from being who he's called you to be and ordained you to be. Much love for you. I'm praying for you, that God would open your heart, open your mind, that he would send people in your path, 
that he would send people in your path that would be able to help you get where you need, that you would open your heart to him and that you would allow him to do in you what needs to be done. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless y'all. Apostle? Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. I thought you were trying to speak. I didn't know. No, go ahead, please. No, no, I was I was calling on you. Oh, okay, I'm here. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Thank God, amen, for uh, the word released uh, through Varen. Uh, we thank the Lord, Apostle Nelson, for um, what you have released, and everyone uh, has released, amen, here. Uh, I thank God for uh, Prophet uh, Georgette Baker, who was on the call here. We heard uh, from her tonight for the first time. And uh, we thank God for the Malones. And I also um, want to again say that it's with uh, Apostle Nelson that we're going to uh, spend some time with in June at our conference in Fort Lauderdale. We thank God for the work uh, and the grace of God that's there in um, in the uh, uh, in that region in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, we want to uh, welcome. We want to welcome publicly um, also Victoria King to the EMFI family. Yeah. I believe she's on. Uh, I believe she's on. I'm going to let her have the last words, but I just want to thank uh, God for an mm-hmm. awesome, um, awesome, uh, uh, empowering uh, release uh, through you, uh, Varen. To God be to God be the glory. Can I, can I just ahead, say please. one thing I wanted to say before? Um, I just wanted the saints to know, even with even with the positioning and the alignment, I wanted this, the those of you that are on the phone to know that whenever I get ready to speak, I've I have a position. I've been posi- I've been positioned, and I've aligned myself with Apostle um, Apostle Griffin as my spiritual father, and so when he speaks. I expect what he speaks for it to jump in my belly so that when I'm when I come forth when the Lord sends something with me, it aligns with what he's doing. I don't ever want Amen. to be left field and he's on right field. Yeah. Because I've aligned myself. Amen. I've aligned myself and I position God has positioned me and I positioned myself to walk in alignment with the ministry of equipping ministries. Fellowship International. So I just wanted to make sure that I declared that so that everyone would know I I, I don't want to ever go left when he's going, when God is leading him right. Amen. God, I want to piggyback off of whatever so that so that there could be one word going forth in Jesus' name. Amen. I just wanted to say that. Praise <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and, and, and Apostle King, before you uh, have remarks, um, very we want to say and just say this to all, if you all ever see me going off, please uh, pray me Amen. back uh, to right. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Copy the glory. Mm-hmm. Also, King, Amen. God bless. <laughs> I, I've just been here and enjoying uh, the words uh, have come forth tonight. God bless you, woman of God. Uh, mm-hmm. That that word and uh, <clears throat> We find out that people are dealing with letting go continuously, and it's not an overnight process. Uh, no. a continuous process. Uh, mm-hmm. That's why we're striving uh, for, for perfection because God is perfecting that that yeah. 
us, the more and the more that you become more mature in God, it's a little bit easier uh, days go by to let it go because you realize it's not what God allowed, is allowing you to carry. And God, this, this thing just broke it in. Let me people of God. Make sure that you're not carrying over baggage from 17 and bringing into 18 because mm-hmm. it's where God is ready to take you. And I, and I one thing I love about God is always show us where we are and what, what position we're dealing with and what is going on in our atmosphere. Because a lot. I heard the woman of God, she was speaking, and she said, I have to shut up about it because I feel like I'm getting angry about it now. But let me say, woman of God, I'm going to encourage you because God is showing you uh, where you are and to get rid of it quickly uh, because uh, where he's taking you is baggage that keeps you back from what God wants to do in your life. So I, I just thank God for embracing uh the word tonight. I thank God for the uh, the family uh, of Christ and the people that are coming to the table and with this not only a discussion but with a want to make things right and and want to make every crooked straight. So I here I uh, I found me and allowing God to just like he's using me. I'm radical. I'm not one that, I'm not traditionalized. I'm not quiet, Um, especially when it comes down to the word. I will get caught up in this. But I am very radical for the Lord. I love God's people, and I love to see God's people delivered. And real deliverance brings a change. So when we start real deliverance in the house of God, the house of God has shifted to a different change. So I just thank God for what that was said tonight. And please take it into heart, not allowing excess baggage to stay with you in 2008. What God. So God bless you all. Bless you. Amen. 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 Bless you. Amen. Baron, back in your hands, and you can uh, have the last words and release us. Amen. God be the glory. Thank you all for. Coming on, I don't have uh, many words, but uh, appreciate, love you all, praying for you all, and uh, amen. Uh, Happy New Year. Amen. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. God bless you. (laughs) All hearts and minds are clean. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful. Go ahead. I'm just thankful to the Lord. I'm just believing God for the, that the word is going to penetrate and going to motivate, not just, you know, hearing it and just saying, oh, that was a good word. But, no, it's going to motivate me to seek God the more. Lord, I need to be wrapped up in you the more. We need to be wrapped up in you the more. We want yeah. to be wrapped up in you the more. We want to be embraced so fully. We want to be um, We want to be so embraced and so encouraged sustained by your love to we grip your love we grip you so that we can love like you told us to love that you've chosen for us to love without any hesitation without any limits we can go forth as you ordained for us in these last days father we thank you for giving us the opportunity and for allowing us to share your glory in dreams and visions we thank you for this we thank you for for round table we thank for every person on the line we pray that you would begin to even more 
reveal yourself to us the more through your word, Father, through dreams, Lord, through visions, Lord, the um, giftings, God, that are needed for us to be able to do what you need for us to do, God. We pray that you would give us a heart even the more to seek you, to desire your love, to desire to love you, not to desire your hand, but to love you, God, to embrace your love and to love you as you chosen and as you seek for us to do towards you. We thank you for the healing of the bodies that are sick. We thank you for deliverance for the minds that are tormented. We thank you for the freedom that your word has brought forth tonight. We thank you, God, that we will not be the same after hearing this word because your word will not go back void. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you for safety for those that are in cities where the snow is and the weather is, um, the inclement weather. We thank you, Lord, for safety for them and for, for provision. We thank you for, for restoring and renewing and refreshing and recovering, that we will recover all. In Jesus' name, we give you glory. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Love you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Thank you. Amen. Good night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.